The amount of bleeding, no one talked about that. Good Lord. Doctor said, yeah, you can just, you know, you can expect some bleeding for uh, a, a few weeks, but it, mine was just, wow, it was a lot. This is Moms in the Middle, the show for busy parents who need a little help keeping their hustle in check. My name is Ivanka Osmak, and I have two boys, a four-year-old George and a one-year-old named Blake. And I'm Melanie Ng, mom of a five-year-old named Josh. I think we can all agree, it's been a year. Oh, it's been a year since everyone's lives have been flipped upside down because of this COVID-19 pandemic. A lot of people working from home, perhaps you're homeschooling your kids, all the virtual get-togethers, all the holidays, the birthdays, and all the different occasions. It has been hard, and it has been heavy. It's also been a whole lot of confusing through all of it. Now imagine this, getting pregnant, delivering a baby, and raising a child or children throughout this pandemic. And you know what? That's a reality for so many people this past year. Yeah, and me, kind of. Um, Mel, we all know, we've heard the saying, we've said it many times, it takes a village to raise a child. Unfortunately, in the year like we've had and continue to have, a virtual village is what we've had to kind of settle for. You know, you used to go to your doctor's appointments and be face-to-face with your doctor, but that's been turned into virtual check-ins. No visitors at the hospital after your baby is born. Some hospitals didn't even allow a partner to be with you by your side for um, after delivery. No grandparents waiting with eager arms at home to hold the new addition. And no socializing with other moms and parents. And as people on this podcast know, I had my baby March 30th, 2020. There was no mandatory mask wearing. It was almost like a different world. There was still, right? Can you imagine? Take yourself back to March 30th, 2020. Uncertainty on COVID rules and best practices. However, big however, it was my second child. So I had the experience. I had some previous knowledge of what to expect. You know, I, it was the same kind of delivery, both my sons. Like it was, it was vaginal. It wasn't C-section. Um, I knew how to nurse. There was some familiarity with that. And my husband was by my side the whole time. I also, I knew how much hurt, how much pain, how vulnerable raw I was going to feel when I got home and how, how alone I could feel. But let's talk about a lot of first-time moms and what this was like, because that adds a whole other level of the experience. So without further ado, we have two special guests joining us today, and one of those guests experienced just that. Tammy Sutherland, a reporter with Breakfast Television and City News Toronto, but currently reports to a new boss, and that new boss is her seven-month-old daughter, Isla. Now, motherhood for her It has been years in the making. She and her husband struggling with infertility like so many Canadians and Americans and people all over the world. From IVF to starting the adoption process, Tammy has been through everything. And now, of all of the years, for her to become a first-time mom, it is in the middle of a global pandemic, which, of course, has brought its own set of challenges. Yeah, and our other guest is one half of Ema. Ema is a platform and virtual village for moms, the new, the experienced. It's a place where they can share their stories about motherhood, the good, the bad, and of course, the WTF that we experience every day. Jordana and her friend Lonnie created Ema because they knew firsthand 
how challenging and how vulnerable postpartum life is, especially during the past year of COVID. And their Instagram, it's become a real safe place for moms to share their anonymous stories centered around things that no one tells you about motherhood. Like we don't know these things are going to happen and they've given moms a voice. So Jordana herself has two kids, ages three and five. And in addition to running email full-time is a freelance copywriter in Toronto. So Jordana, Tammy, thank you so much for lending your time because I know time is very valuable um, with your children and with your busy lives. But uh, Tammy, let's start with you. The past year, how how crazy has it been for you? I, I actually can't believe how fast it's gone. I thought it would really drag. But of course, as soon as the baby was born, everything just went full speed. Um, first off, we'll start, you know, with infertility in that struggle because uh, it took us eight years to get pregnant. And once I was pregnant end of November of 2019, you know, we didn't come out publicly until uh, I was four months along, which would have been in the end of February, beginning of March. And that's when we finally told work. We're, you know, so excited, finally telling people. And it was about a week and a half later, total lockdown. So I haven't left the house for a while when it comes to being normal and being able to be out there um, and active, seeing family and friends. And this is when it was the height of uncertainty with COVID. So we just basically video chatted with family and with friends. And, you know, I worked from home, which had its pluses, uh, you know, you could nap and and go to the bathroom whenever you wanted, which is great for a, a field reporter. But uh, at the same time, you're not able to see all those people that you would have seen and ask those same questions and uh, even just get the comfort from family and friends like like I would have naturally and normally. It, you, you can get over the phone, but it's just not the same. Going to appointments. Oh, my goodness. Ultrasounds used to be like it's just such a joyous thing. And it was joyous for sure. But uh, my husband couldn't come in. And so it was just me there seeing like the first movements and being able to see all of that, which is great. But I, I kind of felt bad. I'd come back with pictures and he wasn't able to see any kind of, you know, actual movement of our, our first born, our first child, this child we worked so hard for. Um, so there were definitely times where you feel uh, a little bit alone just because you have the family around you, but just not as as closely as you would have naturally and normally. Um, so that was the thing. The one plus I can say, I didn't have a baby shower. <laughs> I'm That's not a big baby shower person. <laughs> I'm not a big baby shower person. I have loving family and friends who would love to throw a baby shower for me, but I was able to be like, ooh, COVID, can't do it. Can't do Wait, it. Wait, Tammy, was, you don't you don't like the poop in the diaper game where they put chocolate <laughs> in the diaper and you have to guess what it is? Shocker. Like, that's so wrong. Toilet paper it's bride. So wrong. No. I have no interest in it. So that was kind of a plus out of it. But no, it was it it and I didn't want to complain. This is the thing. This is the hard thing. You don't want to complain when you've taken so long to get here and you're one of the lucky ones to be able to, after all those years of infertility, be able to actually say, okay, we did this and, uh, you know, we, we, we have a child on the way. And so I don't want to complain. I didn't want to, um, celebrate either almost. It was weird celebrating because everybody else is in this panic. And so we have this great thing happening 
However, there are people that I know, my, my own grandfather passed away of COVID in May, you know, and so it, it, everyone, people are losing their loved ones and, and, you know, just, it's hard to celebrate at a time when everybody was just so on edge. Here's the tough thing, though, Tam. And then, you know, for any of our listeners, you know, Tammy and I go way back. We work with one another. So full disclosure, we work with one another um, at the same TV station in Toronto. And, you know, I've seen Tammy go through um, this struggle over the last eight years. And also what I said to Tammy the other day, uh, you know, I feel like you got cheated in some way. I feel like you got cheated in that you didn't get to have the celebrations. Yes, you didn't get to have the baby shower, which is awesome. But we threw her something in an outdoor an outdoor capacity. Which I think was we brought amazing. fried chicken yeah. and like we made it like a picnic outdoors, which was great, which was amazing. So but nice. one thing that you said there, Tam, was that you felt bad about complaining. And that's where I want to bring in you, Jordana, because as mothers, regardless of any scenario that we are in, you feel bad because you're always supposed to think about the good, right? But 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 look at all this great stuff I have. And then you internalize everything and feel like you should be celebrating all the time. And that's a tough, tough struggle. And Ivanka, I know you can attest to that too, because you had a baby as well during the pandemic, that this guilt that sits with you, um, it just, it kind of just eats you. It eats you alive. And so with your platform, Jordana, what have you heard from moms, both new and old, about what they're dealing with? I think, you know, one of the really interesting pieces is that that guilt of sort of celebrating or or complaining has existed before the pandemic, but the pandemic has certainly heightened it as it has with everything related to having a baby. Um, you know, people were, were seeing so much news about all these horrible things globally and we're all in it. And so it almost feels petty to be like, well, my kid's not sleeping through the night. And it's like, well, there are people dying. So, but that's, that's something that I think moms have struggled with always, you know, we, we've spoken to so many women whose kids have um, developmental issues or are born um, with, with horrible diseases or something horrible happens to the mother. And then the next person feels bad complaining again, like my baby's not sleeping. Well, I was just diagnosed with cancer. And it's always this, this moment of, of the push and pull between what you're sort of given permission to complain about, but we're all in this experience independently. Like that's the thing about becoming a mother. It's, it's your journey and it's only yours. So um, I think a lot of people have expressed the exact same sentiments as, as, um, as that and sort of saying that like, they just feel guilty complaining when, when they're okay, but nobody's okay. So it's an interesting place to be in for a new mom, especially. Jordana, Ema, this is Ema. That's uh, the Instagram handle name. Um, where did that come from? Because in the intro, I talked about how it seems like it's a virtual village. It's a place for women, a safe space for women, moms to share uh, their stories about everything they're going through. But where did it really come from? And why did you think that there was a need for it? So for Lon and I, we met when we were both pregnant with our first babies. We like, you know, we grew up in Toronto, so we didn't know of each other, but we had never really connected. And then um, we did in, in uh, the pregnancy of our first kids. And the thing about both of us is we just are both open books. Like we say it how it is and um, there's there's no shame. And so that really extended into our conversations in the postpartum phase. Um, when we go through things, you know, as disgusting or, or scary or upsetting or great as they would be, we always were honest with each other. And so we were there to support and celebrate each other because it's not all bad, right? Like a lot of it's really good, 
Um, but you don't often have the opportunity to say either piece, the bad and the good. And um, we both found motherhood. We both really took to motherhood, but we found it challenging. And we noticed like when we talked to other moms, everyone would be like, oh, it's, I'm fine. Like, how are you? I'm fine would always be the answer. And we were like, nobody's fine. Like, that's not even an emotion. Like you're, how are you? But nobody wanted to say it. And nobody was giving themselves the permission to sort of like let it all out there and and say how it was. So, you know, we sort of had a thought about it and we were like, we're not fine. Everyone keeps saying they're fine. Like, are they really? Let's find out. Let's ask people more intimately and like give them this opportunity to speak. So we publish our stories anonymously and we'd go in pre-COVID, we'd go into people's homes and sit down with them and have this really intimate experience. And of course it turned out nobody's fine. No, not everybody's doing bad, but nobody's just fine. Everyone's great or horrible or struggling or lonely or excited or there, there are lots of different things, but fine is not one of them. And so from there, it's sort of, um, rolled out and and now we have this platform where we've gotten about I don't know 300 to 500 stories we have women around the world who have all shared their experience of usually early but not exclusive to early motherhood but usually it's you know newer moms who want to talk about what's going on and um and it's been really incredible so Jordana, you mentioned like five emotions there throughout it that are not fine. And you know what? I feel like if we're all being honest with one another, often we cycle through those emotions all within one day, right? Like there are moments when you're like, you look at your child, how old, however old they are, whether they're a newborn or they're five years old and go, oh, you are a blessing. Look how sweet you are. And then they do something else and you're like, oh my gosh, what is going on? What do I do? I'm a horrible mom. You're a horrible kid. Like, what do we do here, right? So I'm going to start here for both Ivanka and Tammy. And usually we ask our guests the question, but because Ivanka, you can provide some great insight into this as well, having a newborn during the pandemic. So Tammy, how are you really? I am anxious. That's definitely where I am. I'm a conflicted. I often feel as if I am supposed to be doing a certain thing a certain way and that I can't do it. And then I think, oh my goodness, am I ruining this child right away? Uh, Am I doing okay? And then, like you said, there are other times where I look at her and I just stare. Like I just, I'm in awe of her and I can't believe after all of this time that she's actually here and that she is just friggin' adorable and I want to eat her up. Love, love, love. Also, though I'm anxious about, you know, just exposing her to, especially during COVID, anything to do with COVID. I don't know how, you know, uh, we still don't really know how babies take this. And so I, we go out, we go on our walks and I make sure that we're far away from people. I just feel like I've turned into this person who is not like me, where I never avoided people as much as I do right now. And that, that, that feels strange at the same time as wanting to connect with people, but also just trying to stay back and trying to, you know, police everybody saying, no, sorry, you can't come over. No, we can't do this. No, we can't come over. We can't do this. There are some people, you know, you COVID cheat here and there. People are doing it, but I just, I, I, I have an issue with it. And so I just, I'm anxious. I'm conflicted. I'm tired. Um, I told a story the other day about, uh, you know, I literally walked into the shower still wearing a bra, like, and I honestly, and I just, it's, I was just tired. 
you know, don't realize. And so I, yeah, it's just, it's, it's a lot of anxiety. Definitely. Mm-hmm. And Ivanka, how about you? Um, I'm happy. I'm happy because I've gotten to a place. It's taken a couple years. Uh, my eldest is almost four and my youngest is almost one that I know I'm, I need to get help. And so we're lucky because we have a nanny and she spends, you know, time with the boys during the day. And my husband is very hands-on. Um, but I know I'm not a 24-7 mom. I like my space. I like to work out. I like to um, have social time. Obviously, that looks different in the past year. But uh, it took me a while to accept that without the guilt. I mean, it, like, give me a break. I still have mom guilt over, you know, my boys prefer my husband to me, as I've talked about many times on this podcast. Um, but I've realized, like, this is this is the best version of me. And when I am with the boys, um, you know, I'm going to give them my all. But I'm not there all the time for them, you know, because we have, we have help and we have other people in their lives. Yeah, call me selfish. And some people would say that, you know, that's not the way that they mother. But that's that's the... The place that I've gotten to, and I'm looking forward to going back to work. I'm coming to the end of maternity leave, and there was a point a couple months ago where I thought maybe I should stay home for the boys, and then now I'm like, no, I I enjoy working, and you know what? It is still about me. It doesn't mean that just because I have kids, I I can forget about about me. So I'm in a good place right now, and it, but it's it's taken a few years to shed some of that guilt. Yeah. You know, what's funny, though, we, we've done this podcast. I don't know how long we've been doing this podcast now for, but it's funny because you're like, I don't know, but this is how I feel. And we've done these episodes where it's like, no, you're allowed to just feel this. And you were alluding to that, too, Jordana, and that like, you don't have to apologize with how you feel like Tammy can be anxious, Ivanka can be happy, and I can feel like total hell. And it's all OK, right? But the problem, not, not the problem, the solution here is being able to accept that and understand that different moms and different parents are in different places. And it's all OK. What's horrible and somewhat toxic in some of this is the role that social media plays throughout all of it. Because, you know, a lot of people say fake book, you know, and, and Instagram versus reality. And what what are you supposed to put out there? Your child with a smiley face and their chubby cheeks and their little chubby legs? Or is it the picture of them wailing to the point where you can see the back of their mouth because they are just screaming their faces off? No one posts those pictures. Um, and I know, Jordana, like, you know, you're pushing for the reality, right? Like, you want moms to be able to say, hey, it's not okay. The kids don't always have to be smiling. And mom also doesn't have to be smiling, too. And so the stories that you're hearing from Ivanka and Tammy, I mean, you're nodding and saying, like, hi, yeah, that's normal. Yeah, well, I think... um pre-pandemic, you'd go out and you'd see, you know, you'd be walking through the mall and you'd see a a mom dealing with a punami and you'd see a mom dealing with a toddler having a crazy meltdown. And, And so even if you didn't know them and have the opportunity to talk, you just know that like you're not the only person who's dealing with a a literal shitstorm. But now online, because people only present this highlight reel of their life, I think you're already experiencing a different level of loneliness and a different um, opportunity for socialization for yourself as the mom. And so to be bombarded with this messaging of like the perfect mom and the perfect baby is so much more traumatizing because you don't have the opportunity to see the flip side of it. And there's very few spaces that offer that perspective. 
Yeah, I, I, I certainly do a lot of, I catch myself doing a lot of comparing on social media and it's like, oh, they had this baby in which month or what year and they look like that and what have they been doing and how am I not at this stage or or now we're getting into milestones with our babies and, you know, this one's walking, this one's standing, what's my child doing? And it's so, it's so hard not to get caught up in that. And I still, I know people say, just put the phone down or just don't pay attention to it, but uh, Tammy, have you found yourself going on and and doing a comparison or a check in of like, you know, where should I be, and then have to pull back? Yeah, uh, yeah. Uh, <laughs> I don't. I, about with me, comparison with um, with Isla, with my my daughter, uh, with me. I know people who've had babies. They have a, a newborn. They have two babies now. And it seems as if they have infinite time because they're still doing, you know, Instagram lives and looking gorgeous and and they are just all over the place. I just I I feel like, wow, how did you do that? How did oh that you know, I made this zucchini bread. How did you make that zucchini <laughs> bread from scratch? Who makes zucchini bread, by the like, way? Like they I, probably I, got it delivered. Let's just be honest, uh, okay? <laughs> But I'm just like, how do you have the time? And you have two other kids running around. I have one. And I I don't I don't know if I necessarily don't have the time. If if it's just more when I do have the time, I just want to sit there. I uh, like I just want to sit and relax and not do too much. Or when I do have the time and I can spend it with my daughter, I want to just spend it with her and play and go for a walk and do what we can do together because I just want to enjoy her as much as possible. And then there's a comparing with my daughter when I think, okay, she's um, turning seven months shortly and she doesn't sleep through the night. And I've tried sleep training. I'm doing it right now. And I'm terrible because I, I don't, I cannot follow a plan and let her cry. And I think, Oh man, this person said their baby was sleeping through the night at four months. What's going on? What am I doing wrong? What am I doing wrong? But I, you know, snuggles aren't wrong. I just, I can't, I can't. It's tough to let that go. Reading through mommy message boards and that kind of thing. Sometimes I just got to pull back and say, okay, she's not eating a whole banana, but it's fine. It's okay. She's good. Can we talk about those mommy message boards, by the way, and how they can be really troubling? Listen, I'm part of so many of those different Facebook groups, mostly for like buy and sell stuff. But every once in a while, I come across a thread and I don't really know what to do with it. I think about like, should I even be in this group anymore? Because either I can't relate or I just see that I'm a different parent or, you know, there's other mums condemning other mums for doing X, Y, and Z. I find that sometimes these places can be helpful, but often, often I find them you know, they make me more confused than anything. I don't know, Jordano, from your experience, what are you seeing? Well, we, like, it's it's sort of funny because we, when we both were pregnant and in the postpartum, we joined all those Facebook groups and, and we'd almost do it for entertainment, but then you can't help but get sucked in because you read about a rash and you're like, oh, I noticed a dot on my kid's leg and do they have that rash? And you go crazy and everybody's a doctor and everybody's a psychiatrist. Everybody is an expert online. Um, and that's why we, what we really wanted to do was sort of push away from having a, a message board and share these stories because it's sort of just like anecdotal evidence that like something you're going through is something someone else is going through. And there's not, you don't have to like compare. There's not this, you know, bombardment of, of opinions in your face. It's just like you can take what you want and what you need from the experiences of others and sort of leave the rest of the noise behind, which I think is, um, really necessary right now online. There's a lot of noise. Everybody, 
and their mothers is is a parenting expert. Yep. Uh, I feel like uh, my girlfriends were very honest with me, and I had my my first son later than most of them did. But they were very honest about you know what was going to happen. But there were things, <laughs> there were things that were spooky and scared me. And there was one actually that was on your uh, Instagram the other day. This is Ema. Or recently, I never realized how much hair I'd lose. And I rem- and I saw that one, and I thought, yeah. It's true. And at least with my second born, I knew what to expect. But I remember that first time being in the shower and clumps of hair and thinking, oh my, something's wrong with me. What's the matter with me? And it's been a couple of those moments where, you know, I didn't know expectations versus reality or where was this in the baby book that I ordered? You know, why didn't anyone tell me? Um, Tammy, has there been anything like that where you thought, why didn't I know about this? Or why isn't this more talked about? Uh, I can definitely relate to the hair situation for sure. Like right now, currently, you can't see me, but I have a a ponytail on and uh, I just, (laughs) I look like a a 45-year-old man just because my my <laughs> hairline is slowly receding and I'm like oh my god is this supposed to happen I actually uh same thing I, I would go in the shower and comb out my hair and I would come out with massive handfuls of hair and think oh no like this is it and once I talked about it a girlfriend of mine said the same thing she's going she just had um, a baby about two weeks prior uh, to to me and she said the same thing it's happening don't worry about it it's her second so again she was trying to just reassure me that it's okay but mine is still happening and I think okay well hopefully when I go back to work and, you know, in the fall, I still have a full head of hair in my head or I'm not bald by next Friday. I don't know. <laughs> it's just mm-hmm. it's just one of those things where, yeah, that did catch me off guard. Um, the amount of bleeding, no one talked about that. Good Lord. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah, I had my daughter vaginally and I, I, I it, it was just, it, it was, it was like a murder scene. It was awful. Like all every day. It was terrible. Um, so no one really discussed that. Doctor said, yeah, you can just, you know, you can expect some bleeding for uh, a, a few weeks, but it, mine was just, wow, it was a lot. Um, and, and you want to talk about it with your husband or your partner, yeah. but they, but they still, they get you it. still feel so raw and vulnerable. Yeah. I know that's how I felt where they just, he just, he can be there for me, but he can't understand. Right. Mm-hmm. Right. Exactly. And mm-hmm. I have some friends who I, and I love them dearly, who you try to reach out and, and ask about these things and they immediately clamp up and say, I don't like, it's like, I don't know what you're talking about as if you're the only one. And that's what I'm like, okay, I, now I feel isolated. Now I feel alone. And so it's good to have those friends who are just open books and who just say, hey, no, that's okay. Actually, in fact, this happened to me and it's 10 times worse. And I just, I I feel like I'm not alone. I feel better. Mm -hmm. But what you used to have was that physical platform where you could see one another. Like maybe, Tammy, you could come into work and talk to other moms and say, hey, is this normal? Easy like that. You'd actually, to this point now, have to really reach out text someone and say, hey, do you have time to talk? And then ask these questions where it could have been part of a regular conversation because we're in a pandemic. It's very different where you're, you you aren't in those mommy and me classes, right? Like you don't get to go to the library and do like singing time or any of this where it's a bunch of new moms that you're surrounded with. So it, it, it almost feels, and I don't want to speak on behalf of you, but 
um, there's an added layer there in that you have to search for that information, whether that's normal versus it coming to you in a natural, organic sense. Being, you know, either a new parent or or a parent of a young child during a pandemic, do you ever wonder, and this is honestly for my curiosity's sake too, about what this pandemic will be, what long-term or short-term effect it's going to have on them in a social aspect? Mm-hmm. Um, I know for yeah. me, I always wonder, he's in kindergarten, he's physically in school right now, but, you know, he started JK and he, you know, started JK wearing a mask in the city of Toronto, mandated masks right off the bat. And it was weird because usually you communicate as a young child, being looking at facial expressions, you know, doing this, but they're told they can't come near one another. They can't touch one another. They have to speak very loud through the masks. Everything is very different. In the, I remember when he was in preschool, he had all of these great buddies, and now he only has a couple of them that he talks about. And so I feel like, at least from my perspective, socially things are very different for me. How about for you, Jordana, with your kids? Definitely. So my kids have never really been to school. They've gone to like a very granola nursery before the pandemic. And then this year, they're both in a pod with two other kids who are also three and five and another three-year-old. And especially for my older one, you know, my little one's little, but my older one, I worry about it all the time. But, you know, to the point you were making before about not having the time together in mommy groups, you know, the other day when it was sunny, I went for a walk with my girlfriend and her kids been in school. And I keep thinking, my kids are suffering because they're not in school, maybe socially. And, and she, you know, we had the chance to finally talk. We had half an hour to ourselves and, and she was just sort of expressing the same thing. So it was comforting to know that um, everybody's sort of feeling that, like everybody's feeling this, um, this, this sort of hesitation on their kids and, and what's going to happen. And we don't know, right? Because they're little. So we don't know how much they're noticing, how much they're not. They're not able to communicate that with us yet. So mm-hmm. it's going to be... <laughs> They'll have a lot to say to their therapist in 15 years. Let's just put it that way. Um, yeah. And I think mine are so... Yeah. I'm Clearly, Blake is very young, so he has no idea. With him, I think it's just more my socializing, and I've been missing out on the music classes, on the baby and me classes, going to the library. But he sees his brother, and um, they we go to the park, and he sees other kids. Um, so I think he's okay. George, uh, again, I think it's it's a young age. We put him back in school a couple mornings a week, and he wears his masks. He's good about it, but he... Going into someone's house for the first time after this is kind of a bit over, I don't even know if I can say over, um, will probably be a shock to him because he's he'll be hesitant and tentative of going inside someone else's house and, and you know, having a meal with them or playing with someone else's toys because he hasn't done that for a year. It's the grandparents, it's the family that feel like they're missing out more because they can't hold, hug, just hang out. And they feel like they're missing out on these moments, especially these milestones, you know, first milestones. And, um, you know, it's not as much George and Blake that, that realize it's the grandparents that are just like, I hate to be so morbid, but how much time do we have left? And I want to be with my family, especially these young people that bring so much joy. That's the hardest part. Absolutely. It's funny, like we're, we're talking about like the, the young and the old. And I think um, the idea of isolation is very real for so many different people, right? Regardless of age, but definitely for the older generation. And I feel that too. The grandparents are all, I don't know about you guys, but the grandparents are calling yep. more than often. And I'm like, I can't pick this phone up anymore. I love you, but I can't pick it up anymore. <laughs> I know, I know you want to see him, right? So it's been difficult uh, for a lot of people on so many different levels. And with that, I know your time is precious. So we thank you both 
for joining us and opening up about some of these challenges that you're going through. I know definitely our listeners will get a whole lot from this. So thank you. Group hug. Stay safe. Yes, everyone. I know Mel and I really enjoyed this episode, so we hope you did as well. Thank you for listening. If you like the show, don't be afraid. Don't be shy. Just go on, rate, and review, and you can do this so easily on your app. And you know what? If you're feeling isolated, if you're feeling lonely, as you know, you are not alone. You can always reach out to us. We are here. We are on Instagram, at Mums in the Middle Podcast. And this, as always, produced by the lovely Stephanie Phillips and presented by Frequency Podcast Network.